Welcome to the Statesman Journal's Explore Oregon podcast. I'm your host, Zachary Ness, and in each episode, producer David Davis and I highlight Oregon's most beautiful and interesting places. This podcast is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council, supporting responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest. Learn more at amforest.org. In this edition, we're doing a mini podcast on a beloved Oregon city where a history of murder, betrayal, and a famous Civil War general all contributed to the town's perplexing name. But first, here's some guitar music to get us rolling. All right, David, so in this episode, we are doing our second mini podcast where we look at the quirky history of a famous Oregon destination and then talk about all the great outdoor things you can do nearby. We did Hood River last time, and that was a lot of fun. But this week, I'm even more excited because we are talking about my former home, a place I lived for years and really grew up. That's right, the town of Grants Pass. Now, I'll start it out with a fun little fact. Grants Pass, despite feeling a world away, is actually only about 20 to 30 minutes further from Portland than Bend by car. It's at the beginning of what's known as the Rogue Valley, taking its name from the Rogue River. This is the fabled state of Jefferson, a place that's really been trying to create its own new state since 1941. There's a lot to be said for kind of the different feeling you get there compared to other outdoor destination hotspots in Oregon. Yeah, the Southern Oregon has always felt like a fundamentally different place than up here in the Willamette Valley. So down there, the, the culture is different. The weather is different. The landscape is different because the Siskiyou Mountains kind of crash across I-5 and you have these huge green mountains like right in town instead of a big giant valley. Grants Pass, Medford, and Ashland are the principal towns in the Rogue Valley and they all have a unique flavor. So Ashland is the college town, Medford's the big city, And Grants Pass is kind of a fun mix of old school timber and minor culture combined with, you know, a pretty free spirited population that's moved there from all over the country. The quirky history we're going to talk about is centered on the name of Grants Pass. As some people might know, the current name came from a certain whiskey drinking Civil War general. But what you almost certainly didn't know was that the town was originally called Perkinsville. But that was changed due to a notorious incident that included, yes, both murder and betrayal. Murder and betrayal. So we're going to explain that and then talk about four excellent things you can do in the outdoor paradise surrounding Grants Pass. But before we get rolling, I do want to quickly shout out the one thing that Grants Pass is probably the most famous for right now, that it is the birthplace, the homeland, and the capital of the coffee empire Dutch Bros. (laughs) Yes, it was here that Dane and Travis Borsma, who came from a family of dairy farmers, first pioneered the coffee stands, loud music, and, for lack of a better term, aggressive joyfulness that you you see everywhere across the West Coast now. So, sadly, Dane Borsma actually died in 2009, um, so it's largely been Travis who has led Dutch Bros' conquest of the known world, which is kind of shocking if you've ever met him. Have you actually met the famous Dutch bro? I did. So I met Travis Borsma twice while I was a reporter at the Grants Pass Daily Courier newspaper down there that I started my career at. I met him in kind of a random way. So both original Dutch bros loved horse racing, of all things, and they used to sponsor a race at Grants Pass Down Horse Track when I was the beat reporter there. That's a true story, by the way. One of my jobs used to be writing about horse racing in the summer which really felt like something out of the 1940s. 
Anyway, so I got to interview Travis about the race a few times, and really, you can tell right away that you're talking to the original Dutch Bros barista. He is very, very friendly, like actually asks how you're doing. He calls you by your name, which is pretty rare when you're interviewing a well-known or famous person. So you can see how he influenced the culture that you get every time you go to a Dutch Bros. And since making his riches... Travis has invested a crazy amount of money and resources in Grants Pass, his hometown. The joke down there is that they are thinking about renaming the town Travis Pass. I see what you did there. Well, the name would have more meaning to the location than the current name. Speaking of which, we've got two stories about the original name. Which one do you want to start with? So let's go in chronological order here. So the first name, the original name of the town, this town along the Rogue River, was not Grants Pass. It was originally called Perkinsville, and that's beginning in 1851. The name came from Joel Perkins, who arrived a few years earlier and established the first ferry crossing of the Rogue River. He also built up a little general store, had a little settlement there, and that was kind of the basis for the original town. Yeah, the ferry business was booming because settlers from the Willamette Valley were pouring into the Rogue Valley in search of, yes, the hot item at the time, gold. The gold rush in southern Oregon didn't really reach the California levels of fervor and intensity, but it did change the area. So why didn't Perkinsville stick? Yeah, so this gets into one of the more lurid tales of the 1800s. I almost hesitate to bring it up on this, you know, family podcast. (laughs) But basically, Perkins had married a 15-year-old woman named Laura Hahn years earlier. And apparently... uh, you know, in in their in the course of their marriage, she had an affair with one of the hired hands, a guy named John Malone. The two of them hatched a plan to, well, let's just put it this way. One day Malone and Perkins went out and only Malone came back. When people asked him what happened, he was basically like, oh, Joel, haven't seen him. Is, is he missing? And then he did the thing lots of people did back then and blamed Native Americans for probably killing him. Uh, Han and Malone attempted to take off, but were caught by authorities, and Malone eventually confessed to murder. So the idea of Perkinsville sort of lost some steam after that incident. But the town itself was growing and needed a name. For inspiration, they turned to a man who had never visited the area, but was having some pretty good successes at the time in the Civil War, Ulysses S. Grant. We've talked about this before, but the lack of imagination from Oregon pioneers pretty impressive. I mean, they loved to name waterfalls Niagara. They loved to name every dramatic spot on the Oregon coast after the devil. All five haystack rocks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and they seemed to delight in naming mountains and rivers for guys that never actually explored the area, whether we're talking about Hood or Jefferson or John Day. So Grant fits kind of nicely into this tradition. Anyway, the story is pretty straightforward. After the Perkinsville incident, uh, some pioneers applied for a post office name in 1864. So this is just one year after Grant's critical victory in the Civil War at Vicksburg. So the town was named in celebration of that Union victory. So where did the pass part come from? Right. So in a few reasons, um, they couldn't just call it Grant because there was already a Grant County in Oregon. And Grant's victory, it just sounds a little weird, I guess, for for a town. And I guess they were working on a road while they were thinking about this name near current uh, Interstate 5. The road seemed to go over a small pass. And so somebody looked back and said, hey, it's Grant's Pass. And that name stuck. So not quite as scandalous as the story about Perkinsville, but I guess it'll do. So Ulysses never made it out to the town that bore his name, right? 
If he did, it has not been recorded by history, but there is this nugget. Grant apparently served as captain at Fort Humble in Eureka, California in the 1850s, and apparently he did not enjoy himself at all. According to one account, Grant found the consistent rain and isolation unbearable and was said to have developed quite a thirst for whiskey during his time at that fort. Don't we all at points during the Pacific Northwest winters? But the thing is, Grant would have liked Grant's Pass a lot more due to its famous weather. There's actually a sign strung across downtown Grant's Pass that declares, it's the climate. And that sign doesn't lie. The weather is fantastic down there. It is demonstrably sunnier and warmer than the Willamette Valley. It also has all four seasons. The weather's great. And so if Grant had been stationed in Perkinsville, he might have been a much happier dude. I suppose so. Quite a change in history there. So quick note, most of the research uh, from the tale that we just told was not completed by me. It was written by two of my friends and former colleagues, Jeff Duell and Stacy Stumbo at the Grants Pass Daily Courier. So again, that's where I worked for five or six years, and it's a great paper. It's the second oldest continuously published newspaper in Oregon. It's owned by a great family, has a big newsroom. They do outstanding journalism for a town of that size. By the way, Grants Pass has a population thirty-five to 40,000, so... Not a huge city, but also not, you know, just a tiny tourist town. It kind of straddles that. All right. Well, that's a lot of history we threw at you. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break here from our sponsor. When we come back, we'll break down four of the best outdoor destinations to check out near Grants Pass. The following message is brought to you by the American Forest Resource Council. Did you know forest management enhances biodiversity after sustainable timber harvests? Modern, science-based forestry provides a mosaic of forest types and age classes across the landscape, benefiting a broad range of plants and animals. AFRC stands for Sustainable Forests and Healthy Communities. Learn more at amforest.org. All right, we're back. So first off, what makes Grants Pass in general a great outdoor town? Paint us a little picture here. Well, one reason that everybody loves Bend, for example, is that the mountains are right there. They're right there in town. It's a short drive to get there. So you're not spending your whole day just driving to the trailhead. The same is true for Grants Pass. It's the Siskiyou Mountains, and they're basically in town. The other thing that it's really famous for are rivers. Some of the most famous rivers are right outside your doorstep. The Rogue River is right there. The Illinois River is just down the road. And those are world-famous rivers. Those are places that people come from Sweden and China and all over the world just to come to the Rogue River. So mountains in town, famous rivers, that's probably what Grants Pass is best known for. All right. So you're going to go ahead and just highlight four of your favorite places in this area. Let's go ahead and start with your first pick. Right. So I'll start with the aforementioned Rogue River just because that's kind of the obvious one. I'm going to quickly hit three highlights as it relates to the Rogue River. We're eventually going to do a full podcast on the Rogue, but what I'll do is just this is kind of a primer for how to experience it best if you're visiting. So the first way and the easiest one is Hellgate Jet Boat Excursions. So this one basically begins in Grants Pass. You get on a boat and you fly down the river in these super cool jet boats into the scenic canyons. They, you know, whip around in circles and stuff. It's a lot of fun. The second way is to drive about 25 minutes out of town to the river outpost of Galice. And that's a good place to grab an inflatable kayak, maybe a little raft, and just float these incredibly scenic areas that are still along the road. My favorite area is between Hog Creek Boat Ramp and Grave Creek. You can't go wrong with stuff in there. 
It's mostly class two rapids, very scenic. In the summer, it's just baking hot so you can fall off your boat and just have a good time. Pretty family friendly. Very family friendly. And then the most famous is the wilderness stretch of the Rogue River, commonly known as the wild section. You need a permit to do that section in the summer. And it's typically a three to four day rafting trip. Or if you want to go backpacking, it's a fantastic four to five day backpacking trip down the Rogue River Trail. I think for my money, this is one of the greatest trips in Oregon. But again, that's worth a full podcast. We'll get into it in full at another time. So we've written a lot about rafting and backpacking on the Rogue. So you can probably find plenty of information at statesmanjournal.com slash outdoors. So let's go ahead and hit up your next place. All right. So the next pick, I'm going to move to more of a local favorite. It's a trail system right in town called Cathedral Hills. It's home to a huge network of hiking and mountain biking trails right next to Grants Pass Golf Club. I honestly went to this trail system almost every single day when I lived down there to either run or mountain bike. It features this really wonderful kind of sunny oak and madrone forest, has great viewpoints over the rolling Siskiyou Mountains and the valley there. Every town needs needs a trail system like this. But it really sounds like this place has some elevation, right? Yeah, and that's that's the other good thing is because the mountains are right there, the mountain biking is is legit. You know, it has some technical trails. Um, and if you ride it every day, you'll get pretty good because uh, you're cruising up, you're doing some climbs. Same thing for, for trail running. You know, when you're just in the valley here, it's a, it's a lot of flat stuff, which, you know, you get a little bored of that after a while. Here, right outside of town and lots of ups and downs. All right. Now your third pick. So this one is a no doubter. I have to pick the Illinois River Trail. So this is one of the most rugged wilderness rivers on the West Coast. It's like the crazy uncle of the Rogue. It's just got the bigger rapids, the more remote canyon. Illinois is fantastic. And just like the Rogue, there's more than one way to experience. Now, if you're a really skilled rafter or kayaker and you can handle Class 5, this is an epic river trip. It's, you know, one of those bucket list destinations. For the rest of us, the best way to do it is probably to drive out Illinois River Road where you can hit some short trails, find some swimming holes and some camping spots. But the best experience for my money is, again, the Illinois River Trail. The trail is 34 miles one way, basically, from the valley side over to the coast side outside of Gold Beach through the Calameopsis Wilderness. You can do a lot of shorter trips, too, from the Grants Pass side, do some day trips. And the upside here is you just get you get sweeping canyon views right away and some of the rarest wildflowers in the world, uh, the Calameopsis leachiana, which is the, the namesake for that wilderness area, is this small pink flower that is found nowhere else on earth except here. Another cool thing is the insect-eating plants called cobra lilies or darlingtonia. And they grow in these things called, uh, they're called fens, where there's like a little bit of uh, water seep. And basically what it looks like is a patch of green snakes, except they're plants. And so that's that's pretty cool. And they actually do – the soil is so nutrient poor that they need to get their nutrients somehow and they ingest uh, – they trick um, mosquitoes to flying in there and ingest them. So anyway, uh, my favorite day trip is probably to a place called Pine Flat. It's about 11, 12 miles out and back. But it takes you along the High River Canyon down to this grassy bench like, you know, right along the river – it's great for fishing in the winter, some some winter steelhead, and then swimming in the summer. Can't go wrong. All right. So we've covered floating on the Rogue. We've got mountain biking in town, and we've got backpacking on the Illinois River Trail. What's your final pick in the Grants Pass area? Well, when you drive into Grants Pass, you are actually greeted by the statue of a giant caveman. 
So, of course, I've got to finish up with a trip down to the Oregon Caves National Monument and Preserve. The thing that most people do is the standard cave tour. You know, go there, get your ticket, and it's pretty cool. You know, you're exploring one of the largest cave systems west of the Mississippi. But I am going to pitch the off-trail cave tour. This one is not for you if you don't like uh, tight spaces. If you're feeling claustrophobic, cross this one off. This just allows you to get into the remote parts of the cave and really get dirty. You know, you crawl through these really narrow pinches, like very narrow. You get the full caver experience. And it uh, takes you into some, some rooms that, you know, most people never see. And when you get down there, it's just the silence and the darkness encased in all of it. It's, it's wild. Like you've never seen a darkness and silence that you get at the end of uh, this cave tour. So highly recommend it. Uh, not if you're claustrophobic. Yeah, it's a trippy experience pretty much. <laughs> all is. right. So before we finish up, you could obviously probably talk for another hour on all this. I could. But any other local favorites you want to highlight? Well, I feel bad. It's been five or six years since I've lived there full time. So my list isn't as updated as it possibly could be, but still going to shout out some of my favorite places here. My favorite place to get a sandwich is a place called Circle J. It's kind of this funky little spot, little sandwich shop on what's called G Street, which is kind of the cool street in downtown Grants Pass. <laughs> um, just up the just up the street, also on G Street, is the Laughing Clam. And that was my favorite bar. They got live music there. It's Pretty good stuff. There's a drive-in burrito shop called Casablanca that I always shop at. Really good burrito, all kinds of options, fantastic. And while this is Dutch Bros country, there is an increasingly popular kind of boutique coffee spot called Rogue Coffee Roasters that I really liked. Finally, make sure to spend one evening at Galice Resort Restaurant. Now, the scene here is just amazing. In the middle of the summer, it's just beautiful weather. It's on this deck overlooking the Rogue River. You've probably got a little sunburn because you've been on the water all day. And they just have these great bands. Come play out there while you eat dinner. And it's just a magical, heavenly experience. So Galice Resort, got to check it out. If I forgot anything, I'm sure I'll hear about it. But I love Grants Pass. Still miss it every day. All right. That's about all the time we have for on today's Explore Oregon podcast. If you like what you heard, make sure to check us out, statesmanjournal.com slash explore, and also on your favorite podcast platform of choice, including SoundCloud, Apple, Google, and even Spotify. We'd like to thank our sponsor, the American Forest Resource Council. AFRC supports responsible forestry on public lands throughout the Pacific Northwest for the environment, for our economy, and for our future. Learn more at amforest.org. So thanks for listening.